Welcome to another episode of the Enlisted Podcast. My name is Antonio Talamo. And my name is Casey Coleman. And here we are once again, another week, another podcast. And I know every week I say that I'm excited because I think this is a lot of fun. But this week, I think, is going to invite a lot of nostalgia, a lot of listeners, because it's what we grew up with. Yes, this one was definitely a lot of fun, Antonio. I think uh, today's show, we're going to be talking about our top five Nickelodeon shows from our childhood. And I mean, for me, Nickelodeon is so classic. And we're going to talk about our favorite theme songs. We're going to talk about our top five, which I can tell you now, mine does not have some classic ones that I believe most people would have. It's controversial. It is, but I just, I mean, it's, when I turn on Nickelodeon or when I go on YouTube and watch clips, I just automatically feel young again. I know. I, to be honest, if I had cable, I would still watch Nickelodeon. I grew up on Nickelodeon as a kid. Um, I actually did not go to preschool. Uh, My family, they just didn't have the funds to send me. And I quite literally grew up on Nickelodeon. I am the person I am today because of the shows I watched as a kid for much of my childhood. Wait, so that's, I mean, it's not funny. It's kind of sad that you need to pay for preschool in order to get any sort of education. But what, what do you mean like you grew up on it? I mean, you were, what were you watching that I was, I would, I mean, I would start my days with Nick Jr. Of course, uh, of course. And then I would watch, you know, what was on after school, you know, Nickelodeon. I would anticipate that animation block that would come on later on in the day. And then, you know, I had a bedtime. Um, I had a bedtime for probably too much of my life. Uh, but when I could, I would, you know, Nick at night, a snick. If you remember that big orange couch, Saturday Night Nickelodeon, which was like the hottest ticket in town. Um, I loved all things Nickelodeon. I think as a kid, had I had the chance to go down to Nickelodeon Studios, I think I would have like died on the spot. I remember growing up, I mean, we also, we've talked about not having a lot of money. And I don't know if you felt jealous, but do you remember when they would be down in Orlando, Florida? Yes. I don't know why I thought that was like millions and millions and millions of miles away. Not only that, I just thought like rich people got to go to that. Like I just. Yeah. And now I'm like Orlando. I'm like, I could get a ticket there for $16. Yeah. I just, I really always wanted to be on those TV shows when they were sliming people. And I'm like, I just, for me, it just was not a realistic thought. So the fact that I thought it was like fantasy land just goes to show. And what I love too about Nickelodeon was they just, I think subconsciously, one of my favorite colors is orange. And I think it's because of Nickelodeon. Like Nickelodeon always was so loud and just like orange and green slime and the kids' choice awards. Like I, that's how I first started to vote, honestly. I remember like begging my dad, you know, asking if I could go online and asking him if I could vote. Do you remember Nickelodeon Magazine, those commercials? Dude, I used to actually get those. I, I, <gasps> I begged my parents for them. And I, wow. I find they were, I mean, they're good as advertised. They, they were so much fun. I actually, yeah. I didn't even remember that those were things until you mentioned it right now. Wow. Yeah, we, I was never allowed to have a Nickelodeon magazine subscription because we just didn't have the funds. But, oh my gosh, I always wanted one. Always. It just, I remember thinking it was such a cool, fun activity booklet. And I always, always wanted in. Yeah, I'm a big fan of like those little books with uh, things to do and read. And, and, you know, you mentioned growing up on Nickelodeon, Casey, but when I came from Italy, I didn't know English and I was learning words from... I was just going to say, yeah, you must have been a culture shock for you to be learning, you know, Nickelodeon and slime and all of these things. Yeah, I mean, but I also to your point, like it did account for like my education. And I know this is a classic and I'm wondering what shows you used to watch as a kid. But I remember like Blue's Clues was everything. Yes. Oh, I loved Blue's Clues and I think that that might make an appearance later on in the show but yeah I mean that's for me how I learned about deductive reasoning logic (laughs) right no it sounds silly but really it was here's a series of information that we're going to put out here for you and you have to kind of piece together the dots if you remember about Blue's Clues there was the original one which was Steve Uh, and then his cousin Joe and then Steve quote-unquote went to college and then 
Joe came in and I, yes, at that did. point I was a little bit too old to be watching it. Cause I, I don't remember when Joe came, but I was definitely like in my teenage years, but I remember feeling like, who the hell is this dude? Yes. Like you don't get to like Steve is the only blues clues I want to watch. Yes. And I mean, I think that's too, just a testament of the show that it clearly was that popular. It was later uh, had come out that he was balding and they did not feel that it was appropriate for him to sort of um, be on TV in that format. And I, I have actually, wait, was that it? Yes. So I've actually, um, and I think this, like I said, will come up a little bit later on the show, but I, I'm heavily invested in Blue's Clues. And he, it was the actor's sort of decision. He had kind of come out and say, he was like, I don't really necessarily want to be balding on on TV in front of people. And so that was sort of uh, the straw that broke the camel's back, if you will. And he just kind of walked away from it. Interesting. Do you remember what the rumors were about him? Because I remember that, and maybe because I grew up where I grew up, but I remember that the rumors were like, he was on drugs. Nope. Yep. (laughs) No, he was balding. Yeah, which, you know, as kids, right, the, the rumors that spread, I mean, you know, why is it as kids sometimes it's like you learn these things and you're like, what? That's not true. Or it makes me think about, might be slightly off topic, but um, when I was a little kid, I went to a funeral probably when I was like four or five years old. And I remember like seeing the, per- it was a family member who passed away. They were laying in a coffin Um, And I remember like the person's hands were folded and I, as a little kid thought that if you laid down and folded your hands like that, that you would die. So, so let me get this straight. So you thought if you just laid down and you like a Pharaoh, like you crossed your arms, that's it. Yeah, that was it. That's how you died. And so I vividly remember one day, like trying it out. And I was like, I'm brave. And I just, I laid down and I folded my hands. And right before I did so, I really thought I was like, this could, this could be it. And I didn't die. So, well, first of all, the fact that you thought that you could potentially die and then still put yourself in a position where you could have died. Like if that was the way you died, you still decided to try, which I mean, kudos to you, but I mean, I'm glad you didn't, I don't, I know you don't regret the decision, but that was bold move. I know. I was a very, very curious kid. And I think it stems from a lot of different things that sort of molded my upbringing, right? As I've shared before, didn't go to preschool. I spent a lot of time with my mom or kind of following her around to the stores and things like that. I also grew up in a family where uh, my mom is deaf. So I know sign language and obviously English. And for me, I remember kind of going to school for the first time and being like, oh, hear all these other people that will talk back to me oh that's interesting because you really I mean your dad wasn't but correct yeah and he was at work so really it was I just spent a lot of time at home and wow and you mentioned such an interesting point about as kids and uh, you know I, I shared a, a Sale story in the in one of the podcasts but you know you talk about funerals and I didn't think we'd go down this this whole this rabbit hole but I used to love funerals in Italy Tell me why. Because for some reason at every church service or like funeral service, they would have cubes of sugar around the church that people ate when people died. So naturally I was like, not that I couldn't wait for someone to die, but I like, I was like, well, I know someone died, but at least I get to eat sugar cubes. I don't really know what the point of it is. I don't know if people's blood pressures drop and they ate them that's so interesting but it was just a thing so for me i was like i was really excited yeah do they even still make sugar cubes i feel like sugar cubes are this like thing that i remember as a kid and now that i'm an adult i don't think i've ever seen a sugar cube and i'm like did i just make this up did i imagine that sugar cubes were a thing sugar cubes were a thing and i'm as i say it out loud i'm a little bit upset that they're not a thing because i waited to be an adult to use sugar cubes in my coffee. I just feel like they're so convenient and they're so consistent. You can use the same sugar amount every yeah. time. Yeah, why is it gotta come in a packet now? God, they ruin everything. Everything, that's really funny. I mean, yeah, you you definitely have an interest in childhood. I know you, know, you mentioned having to, learning ASL. Yes, learning ASL. And communicating with your mom. And I'm sure that that has definitely brought up some interesting views on things. Oh, sure. I always, 
attribute so random facts. Um, I think I'm a really good speller. And I think a piece of that comes from, again, being a little kid and having to sort of communicate and be my mom's interpreter at times. And, you know, I'd be five years old spelling words that I didn't even know what they were, but I knew the alphabet. And so I would ask the person, tell me what letters to sign. And I'd sign back and forth and sort of be this like interim person back and forth. And it definitely, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that's part of why I'm a good speller. And I think it's why I have a little bit of a more uh, imaginative imagination because, oh, 100%. you know, it's not that, you know, like I said, I didn't grow up like a feral animal in boxes. Like I just, I had a lot of time where I was just left with my own imagination. And so I loved things like Legos. I loved art, self-expression, um, anything like that. And I think that probably, you know, deeply psychologically came from just wanting to be heard. Yeah, for sure. I, and, and no pun intended on that, right? Yeah, it, it just this this idea of of silent household because you were signing, but at the same time, yeah, you wanted to be heard. And then you went to school. And speaking of being heard, right? Do you remember as a kid? And maybe I'm the only one that during I used to watch like I remember Blue's Clues and Dora the Explorer. And at times they would ask you a question, and then you yell at the TV. Yes. And um, I do think I, we're a smidge old for Dora the Explorer, but no judgment. Well, I was still learning English. So true, me, true, true. Off. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I was watching. Yeah, I mean, just last week, it was the last time I watched it. Um, still learning Spanish. Bate, bate, chocolate is what I vividly remember. But, oh my gosh. And the hand motion that, that came with that. But the, uh, yeah, I remember just like yelling at the TV and, and then swearing up and down that there was like, a microphone and that they could hear The me. TV could hear you. Yes. I also... Was that just me? No, I remember that too. I also vividly, vividly, vividly as a kid remember wanting so badly for smell-o-vision to be a real thing. I feel like I wanted to be able to smell what was happening on TV. And I don't know. I just felt like technology-wise, we should be closer to that. Yeah, I'm disappointed. How are we not there yet? Yeah, I'm very disappointed. And they can dr- send you deodorant into your house via a drone, but I can't smell what slime smells like. Come on. Yeah, I always wondered what it smelled like. And sometimes they would like eat it. So I was like, does it taste good? I always, you know what? It's funny. I just realized this now. I always thought it tastes like I imagined it to taste like sour apple, like a sour apple candy. Yes, which would make sense. I mean, it was lime green. So you would think so. I don't know. I always wanted to taste it. I wanted to, I think every kid wanted to get slimed or a pie in the face, which was really just whipped cream. I Um, was so jealous of that. I always wanted to get pie because I wanted to eat the whipped cream. Yeah. This is really weird for me to say out loud. (laughs) That's okay. So I also remember on Nick Jr., uh, the transition person, which is like the MC of Nick Jr. was face oh my gosh of course face first of all what what a weird lazy yeah. i mean i know you were probably gonna say that, lazy just, it was just a, a screen a smiley face it was an emoji if you really think about it face was the first emoji the, it was and i remember him going doo, doo, doo. like i don't know how i felt yeah. about face but he took up the whole screen mm-hmm. and do you remember speaking of face and weird hosts of commercials honestly do you remember stick stickly stick stickly yes no remind me stick stickly it was like a popsicle with googly eyes and wait what yeah stick stickly he was this popsicle stick that would like just really be in commercial breaks and he would i don't know tell jokes and just remind you to eat sugary cereals i think but stick stickly yeah it was a popsicle stick that's funny. I'm looking him up now. It's literally just like a popsicle stick with like googly eyes on yes, it. Yes. Which, wh- why did Nickelodeon need our attention so badly? So many questions. As kid, it wasn't, it's so funny. You think about it nowadays with streaming, you can fast forward through commercials, but as a kid, it was, you just had Nickelodeon on. You had no choice. You would use the commercial to run to the bathroom or whatever. Yeah. And I remember I'm looking up, it, it apparently, he was, he was the MC from 1994 to 1998, which is why I don't remember him because I, I didn't move here till uh, I, I moved here the summer of 1998. Ah. So there was no way I was going to remember this dude that looks like a bald a piece of garbage. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going for. No, that's really funny, though. Did you have any things that you did 
as like, did you have a routine? Cause I remember I would eat my cereal in front of the TV. E- even as I got older, like as I was watching like regular Nickelodeon and the cartoons. And I remember after school, I would run over to the TV. I forgot what was on exactly, but I would make my Celeste pizzas, which I still eat till this day. Which you should not eat, but that's a conversation no, for a delicious. different day. No, they're absolutely and delicious. And for the white people but, out there, he means Celeste. Yes, yes, yes. But in Italian, it's Celeste, so I'm going to let y'all decide which one you want to use. But yeah, and that was my routine. I would come home every day. And that w- did you have anything like that? Of course. Oh, my gosh. I would, you know, get off the school bus and run home, try to do as much homework as I could as fast as I could. And then I just, I mean, it was all about what was on in Nick in the afternoon. They had, you know, Slime Time Live would be on. They'd have different cartoons. Just, oh my gosh, I, that was like my bread and butter. I loved it. We didn't really ever have fun snacks. Like we never had fruit snacks. We never had. What? Yeah. Now that I say we that was one thing I had in my house. No, I don't I yeah, we never had those things. Um what did you eat as snacks? To be honest, I don't really remember. Goldfish, I think we were allowed to have, or maybe like crackers, pretzels. We definitely had a lot of pretzels. Oh Jesus. Yeah. You need a childhood. <laughs> I used to I had Lunchables. I had Gushers. No, Lunchables were like a special treat for a field trip, maybe, if I was lucky, but never had Gushers. And so I don't, did you ever have snack bin? No. Oh, well, we are going to take a quick segue here to weird Catholic school things that happened to me and probably to nobody else. So like in school, especially in the earlier grades, like I remember like first grade, second grade, we would like put our snack, we couldn't hold on to our snack. Like we couldn't be trusted to eat our snack snack in our desk or anything like that so we would all put our snack in a bin and then at snack time like somebody would pass out the snacks whatever and so the only time i ever got to eat like a gushers or a fruit by the foot was if somebody like put a snack in the bin and then forgot about it and then like no one wait hang on wait wait hold up hold up so you you just randomly threw your snacks in there there was no labels no lunch boxes. It's just everyone throws it in there and then is expected to collect it later. Yeah, which in theory is like really not a good idea. It seems like a wild waste of time. Like we could have just kept it in our lunch box and then gotten it later on. But I don't know. In first grade, we well they needed to, because they weren't teaching you anything. They needed to make the time go by faster. <laughs> they needed to fill up the day. So yeah. So I I remember occasionally like that's how I would get a a cool snack because I always had sort of like the plain old boring like pretzels or you know the less exciting things i think we got animal crackers every so often but yeah so you used to steal other people's um i wouldn't call it stealing like i i wait i definitely like lingered to make sure and i was like okay no one took this like i can take this man you were a sad child yeah i'm better now Yeah, you are better. Now you have adult money and you can buy yes. all the gushers. And now want. I take a, a gummy multivitamin because I can. Yeah, I know. Now now we're the Flintstones and uh, all of those things. That that That's funny. Now, my my favorite part about Nickelodeon would, one, it was wildly creative. I, I do think that they never really held back. Of, I know. And 100% never held back. I think they tried different things. And I do think, and I know I'm a little bit biased. We talked about growing up and you and I grew up in the 90s and into the early 2000s. So that's really the era we're, we're targeting. And I just think that it was 100% the golden age of cartoons and Nickelodeon. Would you agree? Uh, 1000%. I mean, I had a really, really hard time with this list. It was so difficult. I, I think I, I'm, you know how I did it too? I thought about the, the shows I would still watch right now. Wow, that's an interesting take. That's the only way I thought of it because then that means it kind of, it, it, it went cross-generationally. But. Yes. Oh, I will say with my list, I tried to think, uh, I, I took a similar path, but I also tried to think about the trajectory of, you know, how relevant is said show in pop culture today? Yes, so, same here. That was kind of the lens I tried to look at it through, but I'm, I am, it was a very, very, very tough time to narrow this down to five. I, I would go mistaken if I, if, if I did not say that aside from all of that creativity, my favorite part was the theme songs that I sometimes just want to jam out to. Do you have a favorite or can you remember any that, that 
stick out? Oh my gosh. Well, not only theme songs, but I think some songs from some of these shows. So uh, one theme song that sticks out uh, in particular for me that I find myself humming every so often is from Fairly Odd Parents, that opening theme song. Wow, that's a classic. Pop two, Starbucks, Goose, Green Roost, Grava Juice, Giant, like I, and you know me. Did I you don't just know. make that up or those? Those <laughs> are the lyrics, yeah. I, uh, are they? Yeah. What? I need it one more time. Hop to rubber goose, green moose, guava juice, shines cake, birthday cake. Wow. Oh my gosh. Wait. Wow. What? That's really impressive considering you always messed up. So here's what <laughs> you need to know about Casey. Casey is the perfect example of someone who mishears lyrics. All and yet time. with the Fairly Odd Parents, the fact that they're so random and, and so weird, that's the only reason he remembers it. Probably. Yes. And I mean that, I just, what a bop. That was a great one. How about for you? Any any songs? Well, for me, you know, I end up, uh, this is a low-key one, but it's the Doug theme song. <gasps> yes. And it, sometimes I just catch myself humming it or singing it, and I'm like, wow, that was a jam. I kind of liked it. That show was weird. Yeah, wow, was it was a definitely... Uh, it was one of their first shows too. It was definitely not as over the top as some later shows, but that was a, that's one I hum every so often too. I think of, uh, you know, SpongeBob is another iconic one in terms of theme oh, songs. You know, it's starting out with that action of, are you ready kids? Like just genius, but you know. Call and response as a kid. And uh, also for me, it was um, Cat Dog. One fine day with a wolf in a pair of baby was born at the cause of the little starter. Yeah. Oh my gosh. What? Casey, I, I'm really impressed by you. But of yes. course, you also have to remember like Rugrats was classic. Yeah. You know, the, that little intro. Also, fun fact about Cat Dog the person who plays Dog in Cat Dog is also the voice of SpongeBob. Fun fact. I believe that. A lot of characters overlap like that, and many many uh, male characters on shows were always voiced by women. Which is interesting. I guess because if they're younger, I guess women have, you know, lower, higher voices, which I may, I, I imagine would yes. make sense. I'm well, not sure. And women should run the world, so. Well, I, I don't disagree with that. So, yeah, there's definitely some really good songs, but uh, shall we get into our list, sir? I'm really excited. I think this is going to bring up a lot of nostalgia. I would like to go with, I would like to go first if that's okay. Sure. So my number five is Double Dare 2000. <gasps> and the reason I chose that was for a few reasons. One, I absolutely love competition. I love sports. And I was always jealous of the families that even had like parents that would be, want to do those things. Yes. So it's. Antonio, uh, I just want you to know that I have Double Dare as my number four. Oh, um, interesting. Wow. Yes. Um, I mean, you are already touching on all the great things. First of all, hosted by Mark Summers. Genius. What a uh, name. That man, that man is an icon. Um, who didn't want to run through that obstacle course? And I, as an adult, I would pay to do that today. Like, if there was an, a a double dare experience where I could pay like $300, you better believe like I would do it. You know, which one grossed me out the most? Which one? You remember there was like a, the obstacle course and there was like a nose and an ear. I, I could, I would have bet my life. That was the one you were going to say. Yeah. I think earwax is absolutely disgusting. Like I remember the ear one and I'm going and like, I used to cringe at the thought of it. I told this day find earwax. So disgusting. Oh my gosh. The, the ear, the nose, um, the teeth, the slides. Oh my God. Do you remember the ice cream sundae part? Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that show. And the prizes. What? They used to have like vacations. I'm like. Well, that was the grand prize. Well, that was grand know, prize. Space right. camp or whatever. Oh yeah. But it'd be like, oh, you know, you want an RC car and you want to, you know, a uh, pack of Pokemon cards. I was so jealous. I know. That I was, was so a really, jealous. really good show. So there it is. My number five, and it, this is how strong of a of a uh, of a list this is. When I have Double Dare two thousand, and we feel this, we could that could have been my number one. I know it's such a I it's just the the shirts that they would wear, the, the helmets. Oh my god, yeah. Oh, and the games that they would play, and it was also educational, Antonio. I think that is one of the reasons why it's on both of our lists, right? For a children's show 
to be educational in nature, but also fun and messy. You're just talking about the trifecta there. It's, it's touching on all these vectors of learning that, you know, it just, what a great, great, great show. Absolutely love it. So I'm glad to know you're number four, but what is your number five? All right. So number five for me, we touched upon it briefly before, but uh, my number five is Blue's Clues. Wow. You know, I'm, I'm a little disappointed in you. And maybe I got to hear the rest of the list. I thought that that would be much higher. No. Yeah. I mean, like I said, this was a really, really difficult list for me, but I have Blue's Clues in at number five for a couple of reasons. Um, it's definitely in my top five because I think it is, it stands the test of time, right? It's been rebooted. Uh, which I think speaks to how much of a cornerstone it is in our society. And fun fact, uh, I tried to audition for the reboot, um, but they were only taking recordings from California. So I was like, I'm not flying out there um, and quitting my job. But I thought about it and people still to this day are like, you should have done it. And I'm like, I should have. I just love everything about Blue's Clues. My family, every year for Christmas, we actually play a version of Blue's Clues for like presents where it's a clue. And I mean, it is, it is just like, it's a part of my life. The music in there, the jingles, like, oh my gosh, we, we just, just got, got a letter. letter. Yeah. Or like mail time, mail time. Oh my God. I, yeah, I still quote it to this day. I hum those tunes every so often. Also, let's talk about that Blue was a girl dog, a uh, uh, trailblazer. Y- yes. I did not know that until I was older and I was, I used to be, for all the reasons that society taught me, very confused and very disappointed at the time. Yeah, but I mean, just what a trailblazer, right? It's a girl dog named Blue. I loved everything about that show. I, I, I know it sounds silly, but I think that helped me with deductive reasoning. I think that there have been so many times in my life where I'm just piecing together clues and just to be packaged in a tight show like that, you know, a 20 something minute show for kids beginning, middle, end, you got all these great characters, salt, pepper, paprika. Okay. Um, Uh, Before you move on, I want to talk about that family drama. Oh my gosh. And I I don't think it's talked about enough. So we have salt. We have pepper. They are, what appear to be a heterosexual couple who yeah. have a baby that is paprika. Someone needs to tell the truth <laughs> is all I'm going to say. In theory that the, the child should have been like a dobo. Yeah. Oh, anything. Well, yeah. I mean, first of all, it should have been a little salty because, but yeah, I just don't, I don't want that to go unrecognized. unrecognized. Well, let's, Let's not taint the experience. Let's let us live here. And that's my number five. You got my number four. So Antonio, what do you have at number four? My number four was every kid's dream to be this kid. And that is because he had two fairly odd parents. And that is my number four because I believe that, first of all, it was clever. It was funny. But I also believe that everyone wanted to be Timmy Turner. Yes. Yes. I mean, I, that's Bravo. That was a great show. Just what a beautiful premise, right? When you think about Timmy Turner, the whole idea, like, you know, every kid has fair, fairy godparents and then they get older and then they forget that they ever had them. Like yes. what a deep message that is for kids. Well, and if you really look happiness. at happiness, no, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say what a message that sends about happiness and chasing joy and, you know, your memories. It's really, really something when you really zoom out and look at the whole picture. Well, and, you know, if you look at the actual storyline, he has, his parents are a nightmare. They don't care about him. They neglect them. And Clueless. he has, do you remember Vicky, the evil babysitter? Of course I do. tortures him. So, you know, to have that out, I thought was like a kid's dream of, you know, having maybe a setting that you didn't want to be in and mm-hmm. being able to literally do anything you ever wanted with your fairly odd parents. And so, yes, I was always jealous of that. I don't know. There was something really nice about it. Did you know, let me see who played, if I'm not mistaken, it says Drake Bell played one of the. So Drake Bell played Timmy Turner in a live action, like story. Oh, later that's weird. On. Oh yeah. I in high school babysat um for a couple kids and that's how I feel like 
as I got older, I still had a pulse on some of Nickelodeon in some of these shows. And I remember coming across, you know, that and I was like, oh, interesting for Drake Bell. But no, that show is definitely great. Do you remember the, when they would do the crossover, Antonio, the Jimmy Timmy Power Hour with Jimmy Neutron and Timmy Turner? Those were, I mean, I feel like they were like, they could have lived in the same neighborhood. I love that show. And I, I mean, I love Jimmy Neutron as well. But I just remember, you know, any of those big, you know, Nickelodeon, it was just like must-see TV, right? Where it was like, oh, they're going to interact and they're going to cross over. And it was just, oh my gosh. I remember so cool. as a kid getting so excited for those. That is a great one to have at your number four. So there it is, my number four. Well, Antonio, this list just gets harder and harder. And it's I think so we're gonna hard. It's going to disappoint some people along the way. Uh, number three for me. And I think I I'm confident this is on your list. And if it's not, I don't know you as well as I think I do. But okay, my I'm, number three. Uh huh. No, I'm scared because I'm I think I'm going to be disappointed. But go ahead. My number three is Hey Arnold. Oh yes. Okay. So I'm not that disappointed. I actually have Hey Arnold at number two. It is my. Oh, it's such a good show. Oh my God, it's a great show. First of all, it's just such a pure show. And I, I love that in a kid's show, right? It's not sometimes these overcomplicated plots, right? Not to discredit Fairly Odd Parents, right? But thinking of a show, okay, that was all about kid with a kid that had these magical fairy godparents that, you know, helped him do whatever he want. But Hey Arnold was a real show. Like this kid rode the subway. He took the bus. He walked to school. He played you know. baseball, stickball. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. So many iconic characters like Monkey Man, the Jolly Ollie Man. Just, oh my Stoop gosh. Kid. Stoop Kid. We all knew that Stoop Kid was afraid to leave the stoop. That was just such a good show. I also, Antonio, the reason why I have it in at number three is I just love that it was about a non-traditional family. Well, and I was going to mention that, mention that because so there's a few reasons you mentioned already, but a few other reasons why I really loved Hey Arnold is one, he lived in like a very urban area, which I could relate to. So, you know, walking, taking the bus, you know, houses stuck together, the mm-hmm. camaraderie that came with just going outside and seeing if your friends were out there. You know, I, I know you can't really do that in a lot of suburban or, or towns where the houses are, are spread apart. And I, I love that. And, and secondly, you mentioned the non-traditional, which I, I want you to talk about, but also the diversity. And listen, I, when I say diversity, it's relative because there isn't a bunch of representation, but there's more than I've seen in other cartoons that early on, there's an Asian girl, there's a, you know, he has a black best friend. Yeah, I think that show really transcended. You know, when you really look at it, right, if you think about 90s shows like that and just shows back then in general, I think it was definitely at the forefront of diversity. You know, even with him having a football-shaped head and living with his grandparents and, you know, even the boarders that lived within the boarding house, right? You had Mr. Wynn, you had Ernie, I think was his name, the, like, construction guy, the short guy. Like, just such depth to everybody, um, I love that they would always give you backstory on some of these characters, you know, and they often had very, very sort of like dark and deep roots sometimes. But they were real. I mean, they were really describing some of the things that happened in yes. those neighborhoods. Yes. And my absolute favorite episode of Hey Arnold is the Christmas episode where, you know, Mr. Wynn gets reunited with his daughter. Wow. Just what a beautiful, beautiful story. I, and I mean, his bedroom, right? Who didn't want that bedroom with the couch and just the skylight? And oh my gosh, everything about that show was great. His outfit, I always thought was cool, even though it, people would be like, oh, it's a, a kilt or whatever, or skirt. And it was like, no, it's just a, a long shirt and he's wearing a sweater over it. Fashion icon. Hey Arnold to me is one of the greatest uh, shows of all time. Yeah, my favorite episode is uh, when it's so hot out, the heat wave. I don't know if you remember <sighs> yes. that. Of and course. I just, re- I guess I remember that when the summers, it used to get so hot. Like we used to have air conditioning, but I didn't have one in my room. So it was just, and you would just go outside and you just, where, you know, you wait for what's known in, uh, in Hey Arnold is the Jolly Ollie man um, who was charging 20 bucks a snow cone because he would, needed to make money and they flipped over. Price the, gouging. Oh my yeah. God. It was like, that's, 
real like that's i remember those types of things so yes. I'm, I'm actually not mad that it's your number three because i do have it as a number two and I, i'm so glad also i'm always wondering how arnold got a shirt on <laughs> can we also talk about yeah. his room how cool it was that he had like a glass ceiling Yes, I made a comment about his room earlier and you must have zoned out and didn't pay attention to anything I said. But yeah, his room was lit. To be fair, I didn't know you were, I thought you were talking about the other guy's room. That's why I was like, I was lost. Gossip guy, what? Okay, yeah, it doesn't matter. No, I just, that show was incredible. I think, it, I think it's also a testament to how much it's still ingrained in our culture. Um, I know I sometimes like will quote Hey Arnold regularly, where I think about the, the mailman, where he'd be like, I hate the snow, I hate the rain, man, oh man, I hate the snow. Like I, when it snows, I sing that to myself. As you should. You know, the episode where they get stuck on the subway and they're like, let's all hold hands here on the subway. It's I, like, a, I, I wish I could watch I, it again. I, I, um, it's on Hulu, I believe. So yeah. we've watched it a couple of times, uh, definitely in quarantine and stuff. But I love Hey Arnold. It's a great show. Like I said, this, this list gets tougher and tougher, Antonio. So what do you got? My number three, and I think this is a perfect example of a, a missed career that I think I wanted that I just never realized and it holds true today because I love comedy I love sketch shows I love Saturday Night Live so I wow. think you know where this is going yes and that is my number three is all that it one of the most iconic sketch artists that I think ever existed outside of SNL Keenan Kel Amanda from the Amanda show Amanda Bynes Uh, so much depth. I forget uh, what's his name, Drake, right? Drake Bell. What's his name? I'm so terrible. No, you're That's horrible at names. It's okay. <laughs> what's um, I. Well, you know what I'm talking about. All that was just such a funny show. Yes. Well, and I think what makes all that great was the, <laughs> what makes all that all that is that exactly like you're saying, it was a sort of sketch show for kids, right? So it was. You know, kids probably weren't old enough to stay up and watch SNL or whatever, but this this was our SNL. It was that an was opportunity to just see short-form comedy performed in front of us. Think about uh, a couple iconic clips from that show. You know, there was Amanda Bynes doing that. At, that's me, you know, where she would kind of get those at-home letters or there was Lori Beth Dimberg who would give you your vital information you needed for your everyday life. Uh, Pierre Escargot, there was Repairman, Man, Man, Man. Repairman, Man, Man, Man. That was yeah. one of my favorites. No, I and definitely... Didn't the sketch, the uh, Good Burger also... Led to the movie, yes. Led to, it led to the movie. Yeah, Welcome to Good Burger, Home of the Good Burger, Can I Take Your Order? Yeah, and I remember, you know, they rebooted it with some new kids, and it was actually pretty funny. I mean, it was very SNL-like, and I just think sometimes we need to look at what we what we actually like that we don't realize could be paths in careers and i wish that i had recognized how much i loved comedy and writing and all of that because i definitely feel like that could have been my calling yes and it's it's funny you mentioned that about all that because i think if you really think about it all that of course it would be a hit because It's just really, if you think about YouTube or TikTok right nowadays that are so popular, it's short videos that people are just digesting. Yep. And so I can totally understand why you have that in your, your top five. That is a good one. Thank you. And so, you know, my number two, because it's Hey Arnold, as I mentioned, classic show. So now this, this is the most we've ever had shows overlap or uh, items on our list overlap. So I... I'm curious to know where your number two is. Yes. So I am a little, I'm a little worried because I feel like, I don't know if this will be on your list. I hope it is, but we'll, we'll see. And we'll, uh, we'll just have to discuss, but number two for me, Antonio, it's still on to this day who lives in a pineapple under the sea. Sponge Bob square pants. Just... How is that not your number one? You animal. When I get to my number one, I think you and the listeners will understand. No. But is SpongeBob your number one? 
Yes, SpongeBob is absolutely wow. my number one. Wow. It is, you want to talk about iconic, the amount of adult humor that still lives on on SpongeBob and, and the most obscure references that come out of SpongeBob and, and it is still on today. I know. SpongeBob is an icon. It is, I mean, it's, I mean, it's truly withstood the test of time. Um, everybody knows a SpongeBob quote. My leg, uh, you know. Is that the I, is that the quote you went with? Um, what was it? My leg? What is what I don't even remember that. I thought you, you were gonna go with hoopla. No, my legs. I don't remember that reference. <gasps> Every time someone gets hurt, the guy's like, My legs. I know. It's just funny because I guess I think of other classic things before that oh one. God. Well, there I just got to that one. You cut me off rudely. I'm um, sorry. But I'm just really upset that it's not your number one. I know. It is a really, really, really good show. Um, I remember Antonio as a kid. I had this inflatable SpongeBob chair that I dreamed about having for the rest of my life. Like I just imagined like one day sitting at a dining room table and I'd be sitting in this yellow SpongeBob chair uh, that was inflatable. And then one day I sadly was carrying it from one end of the house to the other and there was a nail hanging out and i just oh no the end of spongebob it was the end and i was like devastated like i i bawled my eyes out as if i had just like my children lost their inheritance it was a really really tough show i'm sorry to hear that i know first of all i want to talk about the soundtrack yes it was so good obviously we know the classic super bowl scene with uh squidward you know going against his arch nemesis and turns out to be one of the greatest songs ever yeah we there's so much great humor and it's just so straight like you think of mr krabs who has a daughter named that's Pearl, a whale yep that's a whale and squidward who i think is like spongebob but acts like he doesn't and squidward and uh patrick who's just an idiot but he's smart at the same time it's just so good it is a really, I gotta say, it is a great show. What a unique concept. I think it's like, it's blazed the trail for sure. I just, I love that show. I remember, you know, as a kid, like watching it. I remember, I'm pretty sure it premiered after the Kids' Choice Awards one year. Tea at the Tree Dome, you know, with Sandy Cheeks. Just, Sandy Cheeks. You know, and I, I mean, you want to talk about a show that's really made its way into pop culture. There's so many elements from the show that I find, I quote, you know, we quote here and there, and it's, it is definitely a really, really fantastic show. It is, which is why I don't understand how it's not your number one. So you, let's, let's go through this. Lead me from your number five. So you have Blue's Clues, which I yes. thought was going to be much higher. I got then Blue's you Clues. have Double Dare 2000. Yep. Okay. I, I can meet you there. What was your number three? Hey Arnold. Hey Arnold, classic SpongeBob. What is your number one? Antonio coming in at number one, which aired for 13 years. And I attribute to being making me the person I am today. My number one show would have to be The Rugrats. Interesting. That show made me the person that I am today. And is SpongeBob quotable? Yes, but I would also argue that so was Rugrats. Do you know how many episodes I still think about to this day? I will never swallow watermelon seed because I'm afraid a watermelon might grow in my tummy. You are, you know, you're right about that. And Chucky, I mean, poor little Chucky. He's such an anxious mess. <sighs> oh my gosh. So Felt bad for that one. I know. And you know what? It's funny because I think everybody wanted to be Tommy Pickles or saw themselves as Tommy Pickles. Not me. I was definitely, as a kid, a Chucky. I was anxious. I was sort of a ball of nerves. And I would say, to, still to this day, I'm not Tommy. If anything, I'm probably more of a Phil. I mean well, but I do get it wrong at times. Yeah, we always have a saying that uh, Casey is always wrong, but when he's right, he's really right. And I'm always right, but when I get it wrong, I'm really wrong. Yeah. I mean, when I tell you the Rugrats Antonio was like, a cornerstone of my life. I 
just, it made me the person that I am. Like there's so many iconic episodes I can think about, you know, where they thought the sky was falling, where there were mirages when they were trying to cross the playground at high noon. I think about Angelica covering herself in vanishing cream. It is a really funny show though. I mean, I'm going to give it this, right? And it's not in my top five because I think I liked it when I was growing up, but not enough to, and it's classic. It's iconic. I get why it's your number one. I'm surprised it's that far, but I, I could see the impact it had on you. But just to see things from the kid's perspective, I thought yes. was really, really clever. Which, what a beautiful concept for a show to truly be about the kids and their livelihood. I also loved as a, from a cartoon perspective, that if something happened in the movie, it then translated on the show. I yes. hated it as a kid when you would watch a movie and it'd be like, oh, just kidding, that never happened. Like in the first Rugrats movie, Dill was born, which Dill Pickles, by the way, genius. Uh, yep. Dill was born. And then for the show moving forward, there was a Dill. He had a little brother and it was all about their relationship. Were you a fan of the all grown up version? So... I knew you were going to ask me this. So when I think about All Grown Up, I remember that when the special came out, I remember telling my parents, I'm like, we need to be home for this. Like, I cannot miss it. We like may have been out and I was like, well, they are going to have to turn it on wherever we are. And we watched it like wherever we were. I love the special. I do think the show, when it kind of turned into the All Grown Up, it kind of lost its way for me because they right. weren't necessarily grown up. They were just like 12 or 13 years old. But I was born in 1991. Tommy Pickles was born in 1991. Like I truly, that's when the show premiered. Like that, to me, it just, it's a piece of my life. I always wanted a Reptar bar. Yes, I agree with that. I still, like I said, I think about principles from that show. Rugrats when they went to Paris. Oh my God, Antonio, I used to draw pictures of myself under the Eiffel Tower. And I would like have these dreams that I would write poetry under the Eiffel Tower. And it was because of the Rugrats movie. Because of the Rugrats. The, yes. And like the Mother's Day episode where Chucky learns all about his mother who passed away. Like That was what really are, sad. That was so sad. It was emotional. It was like just, I feel like such a good message to send to kids. Um, I love the diversity in the show. You had the Carmichaels who lived across the street. You had Phil and Lil who were kind of, you know, the twins and, you know, would always get into trouble here and there. And Angelica, I, as a kid, Antonio, I used to, if I met a kid named Angelica, I would like run away from them. I'm like, you're a bully. You're going to like hurt me. That's how much the show impacted me. Well, and it's it's kind of funny because my wife's name is Angelica and yes. she hated it because of the Rugrats because she was such a bully in the show. So I don't I don't blame you for that. Now, would you rather have a Reptar bar or a Krabby Patty? <sighs> That's tough. That's tough. But honestly, I think I would rather have a Reptar bar. No, I oh I mean I'm a burger guy. I always wanted a Krabby Patty. That secret oh. episode. <gasps> yes, the secret recipe Squidward? episode. Oh, yes where people uh, order our patties just iconic people, all great shows people order our patties you know i can't be mad at your number one i i'm really surprised that rugrats is is that it is so high on your list but i mean i think if you combine our list i i i think people would appreciate it it's a solid list what uh what was in your honorable mention sir okay honorable mentions i did have blues clues i thought about it did not put it i had jimmy neutron okay I did have cat dog. Interesting. And then I had, I guess I liked it more as an older teenager, but it was Drake and Josh and Keenan and Kel. But I really like Drake and Josh. It's funny you mentioned that. So I, in my honorable mention, I definitely had Drake and Josh. And the reason why uh, I had Drake and Josh in my honorable mention is because that was sort of, so there was the Amanda show, there was the Nick Cannon show. There were like these, these kids that made it big on all that that would get their own show. But Drake and Josh was sort of the first spinoff show where it was scripted. And that was created by a guy named Dan Schneider, who then went on to create like iCarly and all these other shows shows that were, you know, definitely on as we got older. But like I said, as someone who was babysitting in high school and things like that and in college, I would watch some of these shows and they were like funny. Yeah, um, they were so good. Drake and Josh was great. Another iconic one. Uh, my honorable mention, I had all that uh, for all the reasons you mentioned. I had Rocket Power. That, I, 
I be careful. did like it. I did okay. like it. No, no, no. I, just, I, I was going to say the woogly woogly. I remember yeah. that's one of the things I used to do with my friends. Yes. I just mean, I, it made me want to skateboard. Um, my friends and I, every summer at the beach, we would try to rebuild the Rocket Power Clubhouse where they like built that really that's cool funny. beach place. Another one, which this was a really hard cut to make, was Wild Thornberries. You know, I... That show made me uncomfortable. Her little brother made me uncomfortable. What's wrong with that kid? Um, he was found in the wilderness. And if you watched the show, you would have learned all about that. Um, I know that, but it still creeps me out. Yeah, but they, they rescued him from the apes. And that was really noble of them. I just thought their house was cool. It traveled. I loved that it kind of defied gender norms. Like the dad was kind of all over the place, a little bit more feminine. And the mom was like, a badass. I loved that show. I just thought about traveling. What a cool premise to talk to animals as a kid. I think any kid, right? You wanted to have some kind of magical, mystical power. I think that show spoke to it. I also, I definitely had fairly odd parents in there because it just, who didn't want that? Who didn't want to have every wish come true? And I think TV is a cornerstone of our society. I think the shows we watch make us who we are. And I think For a lot of 90s children or people that grew up in the 90s, they can relate to that nostalgia that, you know, maybe some older folks or even younger kids now that don't quite understand. But I don't know, times are different. I agree. But nonetheless, I think that this was really fun to talk through and to actually realize that how much the the shows that we watched really shaped us. And also, I think, complement who we are as humans. Like I look at mine and definitely made sense as to why I watched Hey Arnold and Fairly Odd Parents and all that. And, you know, it gave me a sense of normalcy in in a weird way and comfort. Yes. And I think, you know, that's what we all want from any media we consume, right? Is you either want to like see yourself reflected or just kind of be distracted enough to, to just enjoy it. And I know for me, Rugrats and SpongeBob and Hey Arnold, they all really did that for me, you know? Um, they just really made me feel like it was okay to be the person that I was. It was okay to be a little bit of an outcast. Um, SpongeBob at times is definitely an underdog, right? He's doesn't always get it right, but he tries hard. Exactly. And he's got heart. And that those are the things that I try to lead with every day. You are definitely that. I think, uh, Casey, do you think that we, uh, tarnished our relationship? Nah, I think we can still stay friends. What I think we yeah. need to do is, uh, We'll just have to have a marathon one day and comb through some old favorites because I would love that. We need to laugh, and I'm sure too the graphics would hurt our eyes. Uh, yeah, I know. Peck and watch, we'd be like, "What? What is that blur?" Yeah, seriously, the quality is definitely not up to par to our standards, folks. There you have it. Here's our top five list, and another successful week of us debating our top five Nickelodeon shows. Again, folks, thank you so much for listening. My name is Antonio Talamo. And my name is Casey Coleman. Peace. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Enlisted Podcast. Want more of these podcasts? Be sure to click the subscribe button and leave us a review with a suggestion of what you'd like for us to debate next. Until next time.